This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. Depression. Anger. PTSD. Suicide. Who am I? What do I do now? Hey guys, welcome back to the Veritable Veteran Podcast. Uh, this is, I believe this is going to be episode 12. Uh, if not, just ignore that. Uh, it'll be up soon. But anyway, uh, I'm excited just to, to see how many people have been listening recently. I'm super excited to have more than uh, three listeners, so that's cool. If you've been listening, uh, thank you. I hope you've been enjoying it. Uh, today I was, I'm, I'm at work and I'm, I was driving around. I was, uh, just thinking about, you know, the last podcast episode and the discussion about having, going silent when you have, uh, when there's something bothering you and, um, sleeping away problems and things like that. And it just got me thinking about the the relationships that I have personally with my wife and my kids uh, and how, unfortunately, I have not done a very good job guarding those relationships. Uh, I'm I'm doing better, but uh, I'm I'm in the process of healing. I'm not healed and I never will be uh, completely, but we can always, there's always room for improvement. So just to, to share a little bit about myself and my relationship with, and I'll, I'll start with, you know, my wife. Um, I'm blessed beyond measure to be married to the woman that I'm married to. Um, she puts up with more than she should have to. And I'm eternally grateful uh, to have her in my life as my wife and the mother of my children. Um, my time in the military, um, I don't know that I've ever said this. I, I do have a PTSD diagnosis, and that has shown itself in my life mostly through depression, anxiety, and irritability. Um, and I get, I go through phases of irritability where little things that my wife does uh, will bother me. Little things that my kids do will bother me. And it's just things that kids do and things that my wife does. She's just being her. And it, it normally does not bother me. But there's times that I go through these these seasons where it's, you know, sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's a week. And it just, every little thing drives me absolutely bonkers. And it really negatively affects the relationship I have with my wife because she's always walking on eggshells. She feels like she has to walk on eggshells because anything she does can set me off. And as weird as it sounds, it's almost akin to a woman being on her monthly cycle. It doesn't happen monthly, but I'm saying 
men have to kind of walk on eggshells because they don't know what's going to set their wife off or their girlfriend off or whatever just because she's emotionally unstable, quote-unquote. I don't want to say unstable like she's crazy. I'm just saying emotionally not as stable as she is the rest of the time. I go through the same thing. Not monthly, and it's not, it's completely different. But it's similar in the fact that my wife has to walk on eggshells around me, and I hate that. And I hate the way that I'll respond to her. Like just an example the other day, she was recording something for me and said she would send it to me. And she was on her phone editing what she had recorded. And it was some content for my page. But she said, you know, and she, she, she was editing it. And I looked at her and I was like, what are you doing? Just send it to me. Like, just, just send it to me. And she kind of got this, you know, hurt look on her face. And she's like, I'm, I'm trying to edit it for you so it looks better. And immediately I was like, great, dude. Like, she's trying to help you out and you're over here being a douche, you know, telling her to hurry up and send it. And it's just, it's things like that, that I have to be very intentional when I start to feel these times coming on. Um, and I will, I have to, I have to see it coming, sense it coming, and then know that it's coming. And one thing that I've really found helps is if I communicate that to my wife and say, listen, I'm feeling really, really irritable right now. And I'm thinking about coming up with like a code word, something like broken arrow or something, something stupid. <laughs> Just be like, hey, uh, <laughs> code red. <laughs> Just to let her know that I'm dealing with this. And, 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 and sometimes it could probably be tied back to like stress or tied back to, you know, things going on in our lives. Um, but a lot of times I, I don't know why it's happening. I just, and my wife will ask me, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just super irritable. And she's, you know, she's gotten to the point where she'll start to realize, okay, he's not sure what's going on. Um, let's, uh, let's work through this. Let's, let's give him some space. Let's give him some grace and we'll work through this and we work through it together. And that is a huge help to me because she knows, okay, I need to step up my game as far as maybe just trying to keep the noise level in the house down. Maybe, you know, keeping the kids from running up and screaming at daddy because daddy's a little bit on edge right now. And it's not, it's not an excuse to be angry and irritable all the time. It's simply communicating with your spouse, with your loved ones, and saying, hey, I'm in this headspace right now. I need some space. I need some time. I need some quiet. Or not necessarily even like I have to, it's not like I have to go somewhere. Maybe like if you have an issue right now, just go to mommy please, because I'm, I'm not in the headspace to be able to help you. And the kids, you know, will will start to, to realize that as well. But I, man, it's just so hard to, you know, to know what to do because I don't want to, I don't want to be that way to my wife and kids, but it just, it, it happens. And 
know, even, you know, I'm on antidepressant medication and I take my medicine. If I don't take it, it gets a lot worse. And my wife's constantly asking me in a loving way, have you taken your medicine? Yes, I have. Okay. Okay. Or no, I have it. Uh, you know, and she'll be like, okay, well, maybe, maybe that's why you say you don't know why, but maybe that's why. And I've, that question used to really bother me. And sometimes it still does a little bit, but I, I'm understanding more now that that question is her just saying, Hey, that may be the problem. And she's not saying it out of, well, are you taking your medicine? Jeez, like take your medicine. You, you freak. Like that's not, that's not what it is. The medicine helps. And she knows that. And I know that she's simply saying, Hey, have you taken it? Because if you haven't, that, that could be the problem. So I have to understand that when I'm feeling that way, I'm placing her in a position that is more difficult. So if she starts responding out of frustration, it's not her fault. It's, it's really, it's me. I'm causing this because of the way that, that I'm acting towards her and the kids. So identifying that irritability as an issue and saying, hey, I'm, I'm feeling this heads up just so you know. Um, and then she can kind of help head that off. But then I can also head it off in my own mind and in my own actions. You know, going to dealing with, you know, my kids. You know, I don't necessarily have a fuse sometimes. People say like my fuse has just gotten shorter. Sometimes I feel like I don't even have a fuse. I feel like I have, uh, have you ever seen uh, uh, cannons, old, you know, like, Revolutionary War, like 17, you know, like 17th, 18th century cannons, they didn't have a fuse. As soon as they touched the, as soon as they touched the, the fire to the, the pan, it lit the powder and it went off. Boom. It just it shot. There was no fuse to burn. <laughs> um, that, that's kind of what I feel like. As soon as something touches it, it just explodes. Um, and I'm trying very, intentionally to to increase the length of my fuse uh, so that I won't blow up and react negatively to my kids or my wife or anybody just because I don't feel like going to jail uh, for reacting negatively and getting into a fight or doing something stupid. So with my children especially, they'll do something and it's just their kids being kids. Now there's times they do things and I'm like, that's not normal kid behavior and then I'll I'll take care, I'll address it, I'll take care of it. But a lot of times they're doing things that are just kids being kids. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. Because, you know, just the other day my son went to my wife and was like, hey, mommy, you know, I thought daddy was doing okay, but he's like really upset and angry. And she came and told me that. And it's like, man, that's just a, a sucker punch right to the gut. You know, like, hey, your actions are directly affecting your children's perception of you and their attitudes and their, their moods. Um, so, you know, and she was basically like, you need to figure out what's going on and we need, we need to fix this. And that's one area that I have just really been struggling and, and working in is just 
making sure that I don't wound my children with my words and making sure I don't wound my wife and our relationship with my words. Because there's always going to, there's going to be a time when you have the opportunity to say something sharp or cutting and you need to choose not to say it. You need to choose to respond rather than react. And usually, almost always, that response will come after you've taken a second to think. And I know it's hard because it's hard for me. I know it's hard because I struggle with it. And I know if I'm struggling with it, other people are struggling with it as well. And I've talked to people who say the same thing. You're not the only one struggling with that. We have to move past reacting and move to responding, especially when it comes to our wife and our kids and our, our close relationships. My son was playing with a stuffed animal one day, and he was throwing it around our bedroom. And he threw it, and it hit something, and it fell, and it broke. And my son started just absolutely wailing, screaming, crying, saying how stupid he was. And at this point, I had no idea what had broken. And I walked in, and I was like, are you okay? I, th I thought he had cut himself or gotten hit on the head or hurt himself. And he was fine. And he was just wailing. And again, just calling himself stupid. He was, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? I'm so stupid. I'm like, you're not, you're not stupid. What are you, what is wrong? What happened? What had fallen was a shadow box that contained a, a small urn. And the urn contains the ashes of a baby, Andrew Joseph, our baby who died back in 2012. My wife carried him for 19 weeks, and he miscarried, and he died. She had to birth him. We got to hold him, and we had him cremated, and we had this little urn. And it's one of the most beloved things in our home. And I had it on top of a bookshelf, and it's my fault because I didn't secure it properly. I had moved it recently since we, when we moved into our new house, I had never gotten it to a permanent place. So I put it up on this shelf up high and out of the way. I thought it would be safe. When it fell, he thought my son thought that I was going to be furiously angry and he was terrified. And I had the opportunity right then because that was something very precious to me and my wife. I had the opportunity to go one of two ways. There was a definite fork in the road here. I could have gotten mad at him and yelled at him for throwing the stuffed animal, for breaking such a precious family item. Or I could protect the relationship with my son and pull him in close and talk to him. And... I thank God that I made the right choice. 
and I went down, I, I grabbed him and I, I sat down and I pulled him in and I hugged him and he sobbed and I hugged him and I said, it's okay. I know you didn't mean to do it. It's not your fault. Thankfully, the urn itself didn't break. The shadow box is in pieces. It, it's, we had to throw it away. It's gone. The mementos that were in it, we were able to save. So really, it was just the box. But I, I was really concerned when I first saw it. I thought the urn shattered. But I, I just, I took him aside. I knelt down and I held him. And I said, I'm not mad at you. You are more important to me than that box. Now, I'm not saying that he's more important than our son who passed away. But my son who passed away does not have feelings that can be hurt. My son who's living does. And I needed to protect his feelings and his relationship with me more than I needed to protect that urn. And that may rub some people the wrong way because even as I'm saying it, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, well, that sounds almost disrespectful to, to his memory. It, it's more important to protect that relationship with my son than to protect the memory of another son who's already passed on. And I thank God that I did not yell at him for doing that. And I had to remind him multiple times that I was not angry with him and that what he did was not okay and he should not have been doing that. But he's a kid and he's playing with a stuffed animal, tossing it around, having fun. And he accidentally broke something. And as a veteran and somebody who deals with PTSD that in my case really shows itself through irritability and depression and anxiety, had I not been able to stop and control myself in that moment, I could have permanently damaged the relationship with my son and given him a wound that would never heal because he still talks about that and comes to me and apologizes because that was a, I mean, it's, it's a, that was a big thing. They all knew what was in that box. They know about our son. They know about the miscarriage. They know that he died. They know that he's in heaven and that we'll see him again someday. They ask about him all the time. So that was a big thing to him, to my son that broke it. And he was heartbroken. And had I yelled at him or shouted at him or was acted angry towards him, that could have caused a wound that never healed. And there are other times that I have not reacted properly and I have caused those wounds. I don't want to cause any more of those wounds than I already have. And being intentional about what I say and how I act and what I don't say and how I don't act is a huge part of that. 
because yes, I do have a shorter fuse or no fuse at all now than I did before. I do have times where I am extremely irritable. I do have times where I am absolutely depressed and I have no desire to get out of bed or do anything. But I also have a family and I have kids who need to be loved on and played with. And I have a wife who needs to, to be loved on and have time spent with her. And I can't use my time in the military and my PTSD diagnosis as an excuse to not do that. Is it a reason that I struggle? Yes. Is an is it an, do I do I allow it to be an excuse to not do these things? Sometimes I do, and I have, but I don't want to. And I realize I can't. And every single time these thoughts come up, well, I'm just gonna, I want to go away and do. I don't want to hang out with my kids right now. I have to stop and ask myself why. Why are you trying to avoid hanging out with your kids? Is it because you have stuff you legitimately need to do, or is it just because you don't want to because you're feeling depressed and you know or irritable and you don't want to because you just don't? And I have to catch myself and say, okay, you really, I need, I really need to spend some time with my kids and my wife today. I need to be intentional about spending time with them, and that's hard. It's difficult because, again, sometimes, a lot of times, I just don't want to, or I'm irritable, or I, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm anxious because I have so much that I need to get done, and I allow that to cloud what's really important, and those are the relationships that I have with my wife and with my kids. So, all that to say... There's going to be a time when you have the opportunity to say something out of responding to a situation and out of reacting to a situation. Reacting is always negative. Responding can be negative, but if you take the time to head off that reaction and stop, listen, and think before you respond you will 99 times out of 100 have a better response than just blow, just sh shouting out a reaction. It works. Stopping, taking a second, thinking, listening to the situation and realizing, okay, they didn't do it on purpose. They're just kids. Or my wife didn't do that on purpose. She's a human being. She may have said something a little bit more harshly than she meant to or... I may be feeling extremely irritable and my, my irritation at this is irrational. Heading that off and being intentional about that is how we save these relationships with our wife, our husbands, our kids, our friends. Because veterans struggle with saying things like they just, they have no filter of the mouth. They just, they just say it. Sometimes that's a good thing. 
it's not always a good thing. And honestly, oftentimes it's not a good thing. Because if you're just throwing it out there with no filter and no 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 buffer between when something happens and when you're talking or filtering out something that may just just not need to be said, you're damaging those relationships. Again, I'm not telling you to be this person that sugarcoats everything you say. And some people need to be told to their face exactly, you know, point blank what you're feeling and what, you know, what they've done. What I'm saying is you've got to learn the difference. And you've got to learn when it's okay to stop and take a minute to think about your response. Think about their actions weigh the context and say, okay, I know that I struggle with irritability. I'm feeling irritable right now. Is what they did actually something for me to be upset about? Or is it just me perceiving it through the lens of I'm irritated? And then go from there. And if it's something you legitimately need to be upset about, I mean, hey, it's sometimes kids need to be taught that that's why we're here. They need to be disciplined. They need to be told that's not okay. But a lot of times, I would say more often than, than not, it's my negative perception because of my irritability or my anxiety or my depression that causes me to react, not what they're doing. And owning that can drastically change the relationship you have with everyone in your life. Making that intentional decision and those intentional uh, steps to prevent wounding people will drastically improve the relationships you have in your life. And then here's a big step that a lot of people struggle with, I struggle with. I know probably every man and even women have struggled with at least some point in their lives. When you react and you blow up and you say something stupid and you open mouth, insert foot, go find that person and apologize. You do not need to excuse what they did or what they said or the hurt they caused. But if you caused a wound, if you caused hurt, if you said something that was uncalled for, go to them and say, I'm sorry. I should not have reacted that way. And then you can later on you can explain, listen, what you did caused me to feel this way. What you said made me feel this way. Or what you did made me feel disrespected or unloved or unimportant. But going to them and saying, I should not have reacted that way, I'm sorry. That doesn't justify what they did. That's you owning what you did. You can't control them. You can control yourself. You're the only person you can control. The only person on this planet that you can control is you. I tell my kids this all the time. 
You cannot control your brothers. You cannot control your sisters. You cannot control your wife. You cannot control your friends. You cannot control the other drivers. You cannot control the government, the cops, anyone. The only person you can control is you. And when you realize that and you own it, you will start to see drastic improvement in your relationships. Because people are going to realize, yeah, well, he got mad the other day and he blew up. But you know what? He came to me later and was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said that that way. There's been times that I've, I've said things that were 100% justified. Absolutely justified in what I said. But I said it in the wrong way and at the wrong time. And I had to go and apologize and say, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I should not have said that. Perfect example of this. This was, this, this was great. So I was an instructor at the infantry school at Camp Geiger, North Carolina. And I had a platoon of privates. And I was, I don't think I was the platoon leader this time. Maybe I was, I don't remember. I was one of the instructors. Something happened when we were down at one of the training areas. And I went back and I just absolutely lit into my platoon. Screaming at them. Just berating them for what they did. And I found out later it was not them. It was another platoon. It was, it was absolutely none of my guys were involved. And I was like, golly, come on. I can't, I can't apologize. It's just going to make me look stupid in front of this, you know, 60 man platoon of privates. We got back to the squad bay. I found out the truth of what happened and I, I pulled them out online. I said, hey, get online. And they all came out. And I, went, I, I stood in front of all of them and I said, hey, I'm going to eat a bit of humble pie here and I'm going to apologize because what I said was uncalled for. I was wrong. I was mistaken. Uh, I thought that you had been involved and you hadn't. And what I said, had it been them, would have been justified, but it was not justified because it was not them. And I said, I'm sorry. And you would have thought I just told them that the moon was made of cheese the way they looked at me. They're like, this dude serious right now? He's actually apologizing? Like, cause I, most men will not stand in front of another man and apologize. So for a man to stand in front of 60 other men and apologize is like, they just saw Sasquatch in the woods playing the ukulele. It's just, it blew their minds. And I'm not telling you this because I'm just this amazing person. I'm simply just giving this as an example because in that moment, I did the right thing. And a couple of them came to me later on and they said that really impacted them. And they said, man, that was really, that really impacted their opinion of me because they were like, I mean, that, that's never, we've never seen that done where someone yelled at us and then they realized they were wrong and they apologized because it, no one did that. No one does that. You will begin to see massive improvement in your relationships when you own your reactions and your words and your actions. And when you screw up, admitting you were wrong and saying, I'm sorry. It goes along with taking the mask, the tough guy mask off, the mask of unaffected superiority, taking it off and throwing it in the trash. For too long, we've worn that 
and we've hidden behind it. And we're not real. We're human beings. We make mistakes. And I tell my kids that all the time. Like, listen, I'm human. I'm sorry. I should not have yelled at you for that. That was, that was uncalled for. You're being a kid. You're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to make tons of noise. Like, it's fine. There's times to be quiet. There's times to play. I should not have, I should not have yelled at you like that. My wife, she'll say something or do something. And then, you know, I, I react because I'm dumb and I put my foot in my mouth. And I go to her and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, for some reason, I'm, I'm feeling really irritable today. It may be because of stress at work. I don't know. I should not have said that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You know, the Bible says in James, James 119, it's a life verse that I've been trying to live, <laughs> is be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And it's such a, a positive way to think and to, to live. Whether you believe the Bible or not, just think about that. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Like, how many times do you just blurt something out and you're just like, well, open mouth, insert foot. That was awesome way to just, you know, screw that all up because of my stupidity. More times than I can count, I've done that. I mean, it's more than probably a lot of people could count uh, together for just me because I, I do that all the time and I have to catch myself. But I believe in what the Bible says and the Bible talks about not opening your mouth and exposing yourself for the fool that you are. <laughs> Being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. The Bible also says, be angry and do not sin. Because there's times that you can absolutely be angry. Jesus was angry. For goodness sake, he made a whip and whipped people and drove them out of the temple and flipped tables. That wasn't a sin. Okay, Christ was sinless. So, being angry and having that righteous anger is not wrong. And as veterans, we have that switch we can flip, but we have to be careful when we flip it. And if you look, how many times did Jesus actually get angry in the Bible? I mean, it says he, he, cleaned, he cleansed the temple, what, twice? And other than that, I don't know, and I, I'm not a theologian, but there's not a whole lot of other... I mean, he got angry with the Pharisees, but again, he wasn't this angry person. He had that fire in him but he controlled it and he applied it only when he needed to. And we have got to get better at holding that fire back and saving it for when we absolutely need it, because there will be a time that you'll need it. And there will be a time that you need it to come out really fast to protect your family or to protect yourself or to protect somebody else. But until then you've got to find a way to control that and by owning your actions and your words and owning your mistakes will absolutely improve your relationships. I hope this helps you guys. I'm just trying to be honest from what I've experienced and what I've seen. Um, if you found, if, if this was helpful, you know, maybe you share it with somebody 
and to help explain things that you're going through, things that you're dealing with. Um, but I hope it helps. Um, trying to just start the conversation with you guys by being open and honest. Uh, and I hope that you're able to use this to, to improve your guys' relationships. All right. Love you guys. Hey guys, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the episode today, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, go to whatever platform you listen to these podcasts on and leave a review. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, It gets a lot more traffic to us. So again, if you liked it, like, subscribe, and uh, leave a review. All right, love you guys.